Welcome to the Pascal Ngwe Podcast. Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of Alive Bible Church, a vibrant and growing church with branches across South Africa. Pastor Pascal is an anointed teacher of the Word of God who makes the Bible to come alive. Get ready to be empowered as you listen to the Word of God. Our series is entitled Together Forever. The focus is building lasting relationships through strong commitment. Building lasting relationships through an understanding of commitment. I believe God is going to minister to you. Hallelujah. Please take your seat. Listen. Um, why do we spend time teaching on relationships? You know, growing up, to be honest with you, I never had one single teaching on relationship. But I believe that that light had not yet reached our area. Or maybe, you know, the people that were teaching us at that time did not have the light. Maybe the, the light was there, but they did not just have it yet. Praise God. Because, you know, you operate based on the light you have. But the more I've developed and the more God has exposed me to other, you know, uh, preachers of the word, I realize that relationships play a major role in your development as a person. Even in you fulfilling the plan of God for your life, you will be surprised how relationships play a great role in that venture. So, we're going to discuss relationships this year, I mean this month, just so that you can acquire more skill in your relationships, that you will not waste relationships, that you will learn to value relationships, that you won't take them for granted, and that you will also distance yourself from damaging relationships, that you will learn to recognize good ones and damaging ones. Praise the Lord. Now the focus for the teaching of relationship this month is commitment. Commitment. You see, virtually, every relationship God has ever given you succeeded or failed based on commitment levels. You've had very good relationships along the way, but some of them fell off. But it was not because that was God's intention. The problem is your commitment or the commitment of the other person to the relationship affected its quality and the rewards that came out of that relationship. Hence we're saying that we're building lasting relationships through strong commitments. Did you understand that? So you cannot have a lasting relationship if the commitment to that relationship is weak. Now of late you'll notice that just like everything has become so fast 
and so easy to get and equally easy to lose. Relationships have also lost their value. So much so that people don't value one another the way they should. And people don't put enough effort to the relationships as they used to. Today, social media and the phones and the gadgets and all these things that have come to really enhance the life of men have also brought challenges. And I guess one of the areas that is struggling really with the arrival of advanced technology is relationships. A lot of them are highly affected because other things have become more prevalent. Are you listening to me? So we're going to trust God to bring back value to relationships this month. What is commitment? Commitment is the act of binding yourself physically, emotionally, intellectually, financially to something or to someone. Like you are binding yourself, you are intertwining yourself with another person or, an, or something. Emotionally, physically, intellectually, and even financially, and of course spiritually. So, in the school of commitments, there are four levels of commitments that every relationship goes through or the current relationship you are in, you might be at one of these levels of commitment. It, mean, it means the, the level to which you are committed to this thing or to this person is here or here or here or here. And as you learn those four levels of commitment, because you see the relationship, the color of the relationship really, 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 really depends on the level of commitment that we're putting into it. So now there are four levels, four or four dimensions of commitments that a human being can inject itself or himself or herself into as far as the relationship is concerned. The first one is what we call the fair weather commitment. Fair weather commitment. Are you listening? Now, in effect, the fair weather commitment is the lowest level of commitments. So, as the name says, it depends on the weather. How how fair the weather gets. Do you understand? It's fair weather. It's like it is totally dependent on the fairness of the weather. At this level of commitment, relationships are really because things are going well or things are going your way, you know, like you, you, are, you are in need because things are, are fair enough. Do you understand? So it's a level of commitment that you can be in a relationship. A fair weather type of commitment where you don't, you don't engage yourself much. You run with it based on how it suits you. 
The Bible says in Proverbs 19 verse 4, wealth attracts many friends, but even the closest friend of the poor person deserts him. So when, when a person, I mean, I'm sure you know the saying, when days are, uh, when days are bad, friends are few. I mean, when days are good, friends are many. Wealth attracts friends. Wealth attracts many friends. So you, the people that are relating with you when you are wealthy are usually just fair weather type of friends. Because the weather is fair. There's money. There's something. So they relate based on that. As soon as the weather changes, they too will change. So the second level of commitment is what we call situational commitment. Situational commitment. Are you listening to me? So at this level, the relationship is really based on the fact that a situation has permitted for it to exist. Like if the situation had not brought itself, that relationship was never going to exist. And the existence of that relationship is based on the continuity of the current situation. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? It's a situational commitment. So I'm committed to you based on the situation. I'm committed to this relationship based on the situation. You understand? I'm, I'm friends with you based on the situation. I mean, a lot of us ended up in a class with somebody sitting next to you. So it's a situational relationship. Like, you have to be friends or you have to relate with this person. Because they are your, your classmates or because you sit in the same class or you are in the same church. Do you understand? You, 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 you are in the same house. You are in the same neighborhood. You work in the same company. So those things bring situational commitments that we happen to relate based on the fact that we just, we keep meeting each other. So we might as well just relate. Again, I repeat, this implies that if ever the situation or the circumstances that led to the existence of the relationship were to cease or to change or to be altered, you would be surprised at how quickly the whole relationship... I mean, these are the people, as soon as you go on holidays, phone phone call stop, um, as soon as you go and leave checking you, all of those things disappear because it's a situational relationship. It's based on the fact that we are together from time to time. As soon as I change the city, it stops. As soon as I'm no more in the area, it disappears. Are you flowing with me? Number three, another level is non-situational commitment. You are now beginning to go to the good stuff. 
Yeah, the good stuff. Now, non-situational commitment, it means the relationship is not much affected by circumstances. It's beyond that. This relationship is able to exist distance notwithstanding. Hurts notwithstanding. Separation notwithstanding. Conflicts notwithstanding. These are people, they haven't seen each other for years, but it's as if they are together every day. It's non-situational. Like, the, the, the whole thing has continued, even though the circumstances that probably led to its beginning have disappeared. That the thing has continued. It's non-situational. It's deeper than the distance. It's deeper than the classroom. It's greater than the church building. It's stronger than all those other things. It's a strong relationship. It's non-situational. I I hope that you are having such... Because, you see, as we go deeper, you realize how low your relationships maybe are at the moment. Or how deep they are. I mean, imagine all your relationships are fair weather related. Like all, all the relationships you're currently busy with are all fair weather relationships. I hope you realize that you don't have much grounding. If you are having a problem today, you won't have anybody. The people with fair weather relationships, as soon as they are in trouble, they are deserted. So they don't get enough help. They are not supported because they don't have strong relationships. Situational relationships, as soon as things change, the people also around you, like all your, all your relationships are situational. Pray that things never change. But if things change, hmm, you want to descend a bit into non-situational relationships. In other words, I just decide to get myself off social media and let me see if I will still have friends. Let me pull out of Messenger and see who will still be friends, even though I'm no more on Messenger. There are people who relate with you just because it's convenient to them. I mean, we are talking on Messenger. I don't have to come to you. You don't have to come to me. There's nothing like that. But what if I pull out of messenger? Will you take the effort to come and check me out? Will you actually take the time to use your taxi money, take two taxis to get to where I am? Can you do that? Do you have friends that could do that? Are you a friend that can do that to somebody? Hmm? Then you have the highest one. Marital commitment. Marital commitment. When I'm talking marital commitment, I'm not saying you marry somebody. I'm saying the relationship has reached the level of people that the relationship is as strong as the type of relationship that married people are supposed to have. So it is called a marital commitment relationship. Like, what it means, 
what it, what it means is that I'm with you in this forever. It's together forever. Together forever. I have no intention of leaving. I have no intention of breaking this. I have no intention. I mean, you will attend my funeral and I will attend your funeral. So there is, there's nothing else. Oh, till death to us part. Till death to us part. That's a marital commitment type of a relationship that you are having with a friend. With somebody. Is stronger. A lot of relationships that were involved with are plastic. All it takes is a little heat, and the whole thing starts thinking. Have you seen a plastic under the influence of fire? The different forms that it starts metamorphosing itself, and also it starts shrinking. You see, the plastic is this big before the fire. But the more the heat, it starts shrinking. It becomes smaller, smaller. And that is what fair weather and non-situational commitments are. The moment the heat starts coming, the whole commitment starts shrinking. The whole thing starts becoming small. It's no more. People start pulling out. God wants us to build marital commitment type of relationships. That once you find your shepherd, it's together forever. Once you find your beloved, it's together forever. Once you find your church, it's together forever. That whatever, whenever you find something, whenever you commit yourself to a certain relationship, once you find God, it's together forever with God. I hope I'm teaching well this morning to you. So for these coming four weeks, we're going to tackle four type of relationships that you should have together forever. Let's start with the first one. Sit down. Number one, for this, for this morning quickly, together forever with my God. I'm going to challenge you this morning to develop a marital commitment type of relationship with God. A type of relationship that you cannot even have a thought of ever breaking out from. It's not situational. It's not fair weather. It's not even non-situational. It's marital. Between you and God. Together forever with who? With my God, with my God, with my God, with my God. My God. My God is together forever. Together forever. Don't desire to be together forever with a man, but with God, you are fair, we are fair weather. 
Why am I starting a relationship journey of commitment with God? Because the first relationship man ever had when he was created was a relationship with God. We, the other people came later. The number one relationship man ever had, like the first interaction, the first, you know, acquaintance that he had was not with a woman, was not with another man, was with the living God. So that relationship must always be your highest priority and at the highest place in your heart. Your relationship with God. We find that in Genesis 2 verse 7. The verse says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the bread of life. And man became a living being. This is just God and man. God and man. God, just you and God. Just you and God. Genesis 2 verse 15 to 17. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. The Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day you eat of it you shall surely die. This is God communicating with man. Having a relationship, giving instructions, giving uh, uh, what to do. So man was relating with God. And I promise you, and I'm telling you the truth before God, this relationship was supposed to be forever. It was not a relationship that was for a week or two weeks. It was a permanent relationship. That's why Jesus came to restore it. Are you listening to me? When Jesus came to this world, they asked him, what is the greatest commandment? What is the most important thing that we must do? That will really mean that we are not doing the thing. Jesus was very clear about it. Matthew 12 verse 30. And you shall love the Lord your God. You shall have a relationship with the Lord your God. And this relationship is supposed to be with with all your heart. Not part of your heart. Not some areas of your heart. All your heart. All your heart must love God. For those of us that when you talk of matters of love, all you see is boyfriend and girlfriend. You don't see, you don't see a possibility of a God also that you can also love. I came to tell you that the first being that is deserving of your love, deserving of all your heart. You see this, all this heart you have given to a person. Your whole heart you took. I mean, you took the whole thing. And you went and dumped to somebody. That thing you are supposed to do it with your God. Only God should have all your heart. A human being should have a part of your heart. God has never commanded you to give all your heart to a human being. There's no way in the Bible where the Bible says that you shall love your husband with all your heart. You shall love your wife with all your heart. It is not in the Bible. The only person that God expects you to love with all your heart is himself. After all, he made you. I mean, you wouldn't exist. You wouldn't exist. He said, you shall love me with all your heart. Then he goes further. All your soul. Meaning your thoughts, your imagination, everything should be about me. 
God, you see, the Bible says that God's mind is full of you. And God also wants your mind to be full of him. I'm going to show you now, as we go down, that God has loved you with a marital love. As you are coming with him with fair weather love, you are coming with situational love, God has actually come to you with marital love. He has committed himself totally with you, for you. When he is asking you to love him with all your heart, guess what? That's how he loves you. When he is asking you to love him with all your soul, the Bible says that his mind is full of you. His mind full of you. So his mind is full with you. You are inside his mind. He placed you at the palm of his hand. Love you with all his heart. What, what didn't God, God gave you his only son because he loves you. God so loved you. I don't think, no matter how you have loved a person, you've ever given him your, your son or even your cat, you don't do. Now he gave you his whole son. Say, love with all your mind. With all your strength. Your youth, bring it in. Your money, bring it. Your money is your strength. Yeah. Oh, maybe you didn't know. Your money is strong. Your money brings things to you. You are standing here. Money brings things. Money is strong. So your money is your strength. And God wants to see that your love for him is also involving your money. And because he said, where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. So you cannot love God and you don't involve money. It's not possible. It's not possible. Marital commitment relationship with God. That is where we are going. All of us we will become people who love God at the level of husband and wife. Amen. Yeah. Not this thing, you are always threatening him of leaving him. Always threatening him with other people. He's always competing between you. And, uh, between, he's always a competition between him and something. Either with money, or with Jerry, or with Thomas, or with Jenny, or with jo- Josiah. Or, I mean, uh, there's always somebody, God is competing your heart with. He's always competing with somebody. I want to tell you something. See that. I want to tell you something. God is interested in knowing if you love him. Yeah. Maybe you don't know. You think God just wants you to worship him, to obey him. God wants to know if you love him. And I ask myself, do I really love God? Or I just fear God for fear of going to hell, fear of being poor, fear of my things not working. Do I love God? That's the question he's asking us this morning. In the book of John 21 verse 15, he says, so when they had finished eating breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, listen carefully, do you love me more than this? 
I never understood that question. What do you mean more than this? But today I do. Or a little bit. Because Jesus was introducing levels of commitments. You can love me, but as fair weather. Meaning a person who loves me at situational is loving me more than you. And meaning a person who loves me at non-situational is loving me more than you and you. Then it now means the person who loves me at a marital commitment level. They are all loving me. But one is loving me more than the others. And what makes that love to be more as to compare to what the others are also loving is the level of commitment. Look at what he told him. Feed my sheep. That, that level is not, you love, kiss me. No, 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 no. At that level, it's a deeper commitment. You are deeply committed to me. So it's a level of love that is beyond, Lord, I love you. It's, it's taking responsibility. It's a deeper commitment because every marriage has commitments. That, that there's so much involved when you say to a lady, I love you. And I'm going to marry you. I hope you understand what you're doing. I hope you understand what is coming for you. So loving you more than this. In every church, people love Jesus in different ways. And at different levels of commitments. And I want to check with you this morning. What is your level of commitment of your love for Jesus? Please be honest with yourself. He asks us to love him with all our hearts, all our souls, all our minds, and all our strength. Then he asks Peter, do you love me more than these ones? Meaning they all love me, but you should love me more. And how do I know I love you more? Commitments. Those who love Jesus with a fair weather commitments, number one, they don't put first, they don't put Jesus first in their lives. They don't put Jesus first. Luke 9, 59. Then Jesus said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Let me first go and do this. So I, it, it's, it's depending on my situation that I can, I can I, I avail myself. Let me first go and do this. Jesus, I, I know you want me to come, but let me first go and do this. So they don't put Jesus first. They put other things first. When you are at a fair, fair weather level, you put Jesus second or third or for sometimes hundredth. Like he's very, very, in fact, he doesn't come anywhere near. He doesn't come anywhere near. Fair weather commitment type of Christians, they have one leg in the relationship with Jesus and they have one leg out. Depending on how things are. In Luke 9, 60, 62, Jesus says, no one having put his hand on the, to the plow, looking back his feet to the kingdom of God. In other words, you have put your hand in the, kingdom, in the things of God, but you are still looking back. 
You have entered the church, but you are still looking back like Lot's wife. You are not fully in. It's fair weather. They are neither hot or cold. In Revelation 3.15, I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm, neither hot. I mean, this relationship, have you ever dated a neither hot or cold person? But you never know what to expect with the person. The, the person is just mild. You can't say if they are not in the relationship and you can't also say if they are in the relationship. They are always confusing you. Like you, you never know if, like this is the person, you are never sure if you are really with them or if they are really with you. Yeah. It's a fair weather person. And the people are doing that with Jesus. These fair weather people, they love another person more than they love Jesus. Yeah. There's somebody in your heart that you love more than you do Jesus. Oh yes. Matthew 10 verse 37. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of me. Say amen. Just say amen. Let's continue. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. These are the words of Jesus. And you can clearly see Jesus is not ready for a fair weather type of commitment with you. He's not ready for it. Hmm? Fair weather people. Ask your neighbor, are you a fair weather, a fair weather type? This is not a message to make you feel happy. I want you to assess your commitment to Jesus. Fair weather people. They are with Jesus because of what they can get from him. That's the only reason. Either they can get healing, they can get joy, they can get husband, wife, car. They come for what they can get. John 6, 24 to 26. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And you will think that these are spiritual people that are really into God. They love Jesus. They want to meet Jesus. I mean, they got in boats. This is you taking a taxi, traveling to Nigeria, taking a, a, a plane, traveling somewhere. People are saying that this is a very spiritual person. Coming to Caranyon. When they, when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, where did you come here? How, how, did, how, 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 how did you get here? And we didn't know. I mean, you, you just left us. I mean, what, what, I mean like, Rabbi, what's happening? What's happening? We've been looking for you. We care about you. We love your teachings. Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly I say to you, 
you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate loaves. You seek me, not because you saw the signs, meaning not because you saw me perform a miracle, you saw me teach, you saw me. No, no, that's not why you are here. I know exactly why you are here. You are here because you ate. And you want to eat again. That's why you are here. So it's, a, it's, a, it's a fair weather type of a commitment. That's why you even got in the boat. You're too, it looks like you are committed, but it's a fair weather commitment. It's because you are getting something. Yeah. Fair weather people, they pull out as soon as more is required of them. As soon as more is required, as soon as Jesus starts asking a bit more from them, they pull out. The very same people, we are still in John 6, the very same people that just came now, they are saying to Jesus, where have you been? We've been looking for you. I mean, we like your teachings. Here we are with them. John six fifty three. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat my flesh. I get it, they are following him for food. He just gave them five loaves of bread there. Now they are following him for more. And now he says, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. He's no more talking about giving them bread and fish. Now he says they must eat his flesh. And they must not drink his blood. Much is not required from them. So, verse 60, they say, Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, they said, This is hard. This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? Other versions say, Who can receive it? What is required from this guy that took a boat, they did all of these things, as soon as more is being required. Verse, verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. As soon as more is being required, it's like the word of God is now putting more demands on you. It's like the preaching is now bringing more requirements. It's like God wants more. Many of them walked away and walk with him no more. That shall never be your story. Amen. I believe with all my heart that you are developing a marital commitment relationship with Jesus. That if Jesus says eat the flesh, you say Jesus, is it the finger I should start with? Is it the, where, where should I start? And those who are in situational relationships, that situational commitment relationship with God, they are the type that are described in Galatians chapter 4 verse 18. But it is good to be zealously in a good thing, to be zealous in a good thing always. And not only when I am present with you. Be zealous always. Let it not be a situational zeal. That because we are at church. These are people that are zealous at church. 
They are zealous at prayer meeting because the shepherd is there. There are some people, as soon as I enter, they start praying. And if I'm not there, they don't pray. These people are situational. They are at a situational level with God. Like it means, it needs another person before they can do godly things. They only read their Bible when you are in a situation where there's a church service and Bibles have been opened and then they are reading their Bible or they, 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 something is on the screen and they are reading it there. As soon as that situation has changed, you can't see them read any Bible. You can't see them pray any prayer. The Bible says it is good to be zealously affected always. Not only when pastor is with you. Not only when shepherd is with you. It means your commitment to God is a situational commitment. It's a situational commitment. Because the things you are doing when this person is there, that's how situational people with God are. They go to church when the person they love is going to church. As soon as the person they love is no more going to church, they stop going to church. They go to church because the church is near their house. Meaning if the church is further, the further the church is from their house, the more you will never see them. They go to church because the father is always knocking. Everybody we are going to church. That's the only reason why they are going to church. They are going to church because they are dragged there by shepherds. People are coming to an account with them. Every morning you are dragging them there. They are at a situation that as soon as that situation changes, you don't see them. Hmm? They go to church because everybody in the house is going to church. So as soon as a few people stop going to church, they also stop going to church. So that is the type of commitment that they have with Jesus. It's situational. The disciples of Jesus went through that stage in Matthew 26, verse 31 to 35. Then Jesus told them, this very night, you will all fall away on account of me. Meaning because of me, you're going to fall. This is you falling because of your friend you love, who is no more now there. You falling because the church is now far. Because of something, you are falling. Because of someone, you are falling. He says, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Because the sheep is connected to the shepherd. As soon as the shepherd is dislocated, the sheep are are left, they, they they can't survive. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you in Galilee. Peter replied, even if all fall away on your account. Even if all. Say with me, all, all, all. This is Peter claiming a higher commitment than the one he's being presented to. He's being, just like you guys, as I'm teaching here, you are claiming in your heart, no, no, I don't think me, no, 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 me. No, 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 I think, I think, no, I, I can't do that, I can't do that. You are like Peter. You are not accepting that you are a fair weather type of a commitment. You are claiming something deeper. So Jesus is telling Peter, you are a situational person. It's because I'm here that you guys are standing. As soon as I'm taken away, you will all fall. And Peter says, even if all fall away on your account, I never will. 
Okay, Jesus sees that he's got a challenge here. So Jesus came back and said, truly, I tell you. Jesus answered, this very night, before the roster crows, you will disown me three times. It's my belief that if Peter didn't speak, maybe if Peter didn't speak the rubbish he spoke first, this prophecy was never going to come. If Peter was just quiet there and just allow the thing to be received, but Peter decided that no, 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 no. Ah, of everybody here, I'm the most committed. I'm the most committed. And I think, Jesus, you are not aware of how committed I am to you. I think you are, I need to help you understand the, the level of commitment I am into you right now. Yeah. This is your feeling offended when your pastor is trying to make you aware that you are not as committed as you think you are. And you are now correcting your pastor. You are telling your pastor that if you understood the level I am in at the moment, you will not talk the way you are talking. But Peter declared, even if, listen, Jesus is telling him, you will disown me three times. Peter comes back with another bombshell. Peter now says, even if I have to die with you, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. Jesus, you don't understand. This is a together forever type of commitment that I have with you here. You don't understand it well. And all the other disciples also say the same. Now he convinced them. They all joined him. They all, they were, I mean, they were afraid. No, no, no. Me, me, me. I can never die. I, can, I mean, I can never, I can never leave the church. Me, me. I can never be disloyal. Me, I can never. No, 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 no. That they cannot be me. All of them say the same thing. This is, at the end of a church service, we all say the same thing. Mark 14, 49 to 50. Jesus is now picking when they came to arrest him. Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there among you teaching every day. But these things are happening to fulfill what the scripture said about me. As soon as he said that, and the disciple realized that, so he's going to get, he's actually going to get arrested. Because he's saying, the scripture said he must be arrested. The Bible says, then all his disciples deserted him and ran away. The people that just said, we will never, we will die with you. We will die with you. We will die with you. No, one time I was, I was watching this, this, this prank. This guy, he, he disguised himself as a ghost. And he was like in a, in, a, in a garage, he disguised himself in a parking lot. And this guy is coming with a girl. Like, then the ghost appears. Do you know that the guy jumped and the lady is the one who, the lady is the one who caught him? Do you believe that he jumped and it's the lady who caught him? But I'm sure during the dinner, he told her, I will protect you. I am here for you.
If somebody touches you, they have touched me. As soon as he saw a ghost like this, he jumped and she just carried him like this. I'm here. I'm here. Situational committed people talk a lot. They promise a lot of things. But as soon as the situation changes, you see their reality. You see their reality. You see their reality. What causes them to be like that is found in the book of Matthew chapter 13 verse 20 to 21. They don't have roots in themselves. But he who received the seed in stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. They are happy. They are interested. But as soon as, but, but yet they have no root in themselves and they endure only for a while. When tribulations and persecution arise, the situation has changed. You are no more in that nice environment where you receive the word. Things have not changed. It's a situational change. As soon as the situation changes, they stumble. They stumble. They don't have root in themselves. Personal conviction. You've spent time in the word and it is not that Pastor Pascal says sex before marriage is wrong. I read it. I have a conviction. So when I'm moving around with a sister, my mind is already tuned in a certain way. I understand where I'm standing. It is not Pastor Pascal who says you must win souls. Then you are wise. You've read it. You've seen 120 reasons why you must be a soul winner. So when you are with a soul, it's not that Pastor Pascal is not forcing you to witness to a soul. You have a personal conviction that you can do it and that you should do it. It means you have roots in yourself. You have roots. So you are able to function, self-function. You don't need a person to be monitoring you 24-7 for you to act right. Situational commitments with God. These people, as soon as they're out of church, something else has started. Then you have those that are non-situational commitment. They are given to God, serve God. But according to Mark, they have one major problem. They are unfruitful. As for living God, they will never leave God. They are committed to God, but they don't bear fruit. I mean, you think about it. You are dating a girl, you are in South Africa, she's in, in the U.S. And you are fully committed to the relationship. As for the relationship, you are committed. Where are the children? You talk to her every night. You talk on, 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 on Skype. Is it Skype? You talk on Skype for four hours. Six hours Skype. Zoom. You Zoom it. You Skype it. You WhatsApp it. You do everything. Where are the children? (laughs) 
So you are committed or right, but you are not committed to the level where it can produce. Yeah. A lot of you watching me, you know God and you are not intending to pull out of God. But your commitment hasn't reached a level where your love for God is expressed with fruit. Yeah. That you are so committed to God that there is intertwining between you and God that is giving birth to something. Your commitment, I tell you, until there is fruit, your intimacy is questionable. Matthew 13, verse 22. Now he, he who receives seed among thorns is he who hears the word. The cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches shock the world and they become unfruitful. They receive it. But there's no fruit. There's no fruit. I'm saying if you cannot produce fruit, the intimacy is questionable. Because yeah. maybe you are too far. Even though you are connected, you are far. Johannesburg, New York. Hmm? It's time to draw nearer. Jesus says, come closer. Come closer. Come closer. The closer you are to God, the closer you are to God, Immediately, the fruit starts showing. Immediately, I'm telling you. Those of you that struggle to get people to church, you say, listen, stop lying to yourself. Check your level of commitment with Jesus. Check your level of commitment. You will understand why you are where you are. Yeah, it's very clear. Yeah. Then as I end, those that are in a marital commitment with God, That's the level I want everyone that is listening and watching this morning. That's where you must aim to be. And those of you that are already there, thank God for your life. Those of you that are still far, fair weather, situational, non-situational. This is where you have to learn this morning. Marital commitment. There are four reasons why you should have a marital commitment with God. Number one, God has a marital commitment to you. Jeremiah 31 verse 3, the Lord has appeared of old to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have loved you with an everlasting, everlasting. God loves you with an everlasting love. It's a marital commitment. Everlasting means it doesn't finish. Only a woman or a man is supposed to love like that. It must never finish. And that's the type of relationship God has started with you. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. So God will never stop loving you. No matter what you do. It's called agape love. It's unconditional. It's not based on how good you've been or how bad you've been. It's just that he loves you because he is love. He loves you. As you are sitting this morning watching me or listening to me, you need to know God loves you. 
and God doesn't love you situationally, then this cannot be God. I mean, God loves when you do well. He doesn't love you when you do bad. I mean, that, that, those are the things. That's not how God is. He loves you. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Everlasting. He said, it lasts forever. Together forever. Between you and him. Everlasting love. Listen to him in the book of Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. Let your conduct be with that covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Marital commitment. I will never, never. That's his commitment to you. I'm explaining to you why you too should consider this morning to have a marital type of commitment relationship with God. Because that's what he's having with you. That's what he's having with you. I will never leave you. How many times have you thought of leaving him? And the one I read, Elijah John 3, says, God so loved you, he gave his best. You are struggling even to give just a normal offering. You are struggling. I mean, like it's a, it's a fight to just release a small offering of appreciation. How ah, you love a person? Do you struggle to give? Is it a problem to give when you really love? It's not a problem to give. When you love a person, is it a problem to spend your time with him? Is it a problem to serve him? You do it gladly. When my wife makes food for me and when my wife is giving me food, she, she, I see in her eyes she's so happy that she's doing it. Yeah. When you really love a person, like serving him is a delight. It's not a burden. It's a blessing. But you love the person. The second reason why you must consider having a marital communion with God because you are the bride of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. We are his wife. Second Corinthians 11 verse 2. I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that I may present you as a pure virgin to him. This is Paul telling the Corinthian church, I promised you to one husband. To Christ. You are promised to a husband. And you should consider yourself in this relationship with God as this is for life. How can you be promised to one husband and you are busy with another boyfriend on the side? You are promised to Jesus. I mean, do you imagine that one day you will be presented to Jesus? And here you are fiddling with SMSs and WhatsApp with somebody else on the corner there. Hmm? Are you listening to me? Marital commitment with God. Marital commitment. It means it's forever thing. Number three, you must consider a commitment of marital value because you are a child of God. You are not a creature of God. You are a child of God. Listen, my children, I don't think they are with me for, for five years. Like maybe they are saying to themselves, you know what? 
Daddy, you understand? I'm going to be your child for five years. After five years, you go your way, I'll go my way. The moment I became their father, I will be their father till I leave this world. It's for life. And you are also a child of God. According to John 1.12, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. 13 says, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decisions, or of a husband's will, but born of God. So, actually, it is God who brought you forth. And if God brought you forth, it means you are with him forever. Like You cannot stop being his child. You cannot stop being his child. So, this thing you are having, your, your, your thoughts of backsliding, I don't know why you are entertaining them, because you are supposed to understand that I am in this thing for life, till eternity and beyond eternity. I will never leave God. I will never come out of God. I will always be with God. Why are you having thoughts of leaving God? Why are you having thoughts of leaving his presence? The Bible says, Cain left the presence of God. Why are you having such thoughts? Hmm? It's like you're having thoughts of leaving your father. Disowning your father. Because God is your father. Jesus is your, hus- your, 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 your husband. Are you flowing with this? This is why you should not expect anything less than full marital. Like this, this thing, I mean this thing, till I see Jesus. That is your decision. Till I see, till this I see Jesus. That's the only thing that will take me out. That's the only thing that will take me out. No man will take me out. No offense will take me out. No situation will take me out. No non-situation will take me out. Only death and I meet Jesus. In fact, death will not take me. Death will bring me closer, quicker to him. That's all. Absent in the body, present with the Lord. That's it. That's where you should see yourself. As I close this morning. That's where you should see yourself. That's where you should see yourself. Marital commitment relationship with God. You should be able to speak like Paul. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor neither angels, nor demons. All these things are things that have the potential to break that commitment. Death and death-related circumstances and diseases and all those things can pull you out. The life that is in this world, the life of this world can pull you out of God. Fallen angels can get you out of their doctrines, doctrines of angels. Then demons, disembodied beings. These are all people... Forces are all working and they all work to fight the love you have for God or the love God has for you. But Paul says, I am convinced. I am convinced. 
may you be convicted as well. I, I am convinced that nothing, nothing. How do demons affect the life? Offense. 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 They come through. You never see a demon standing before you. They come through a person. They come through a person. And they bring offense. And unforgiveness and all these other things. He says, neither our fears for today. The things I'm afraid of. Hey, I think I, I'm afraid that these people will take advantage of me. Hey, I'm afraid that I'll waste all my time and I'll become nothing. I'm afraid that this will happen. I'm afraid that this will not happen. The fears of today that have the potential of getting you out of God. The fears of today. Nor the worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Hallelujah. Marital commitment. This is me saying, Jesus, I will never divorce you. If you hear of divorce, it will be you divorcing me, Jesus. But me, I will never divorce. I am here forever. Can you say like that this morning? Jesus, I will never divorce. Jesus, I will never come to you with papers of divorce to say, I I think I'm done. I will never pull out. I'm in and I'm in for life. Marital commitment. You cannot be marital committed to Jesus and you're not paying your tithe. It's not possible. There is no marriage that you can be in and you are not paying something. There's no marriage. There's no commitment. A marital commitment comes with responsibility. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. You cannot be maritally committed to Jesus and you are not winning souls. Something is wrong. How come you are committed at a marital level and there are no children? You are a bride. You are married to Jesus and there are no children. Why? The intimacy is questionable. The intimacy is questionable because it says, if you love me, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Take care of my lambs. Small babies, they must come out. As an act of your love for Jesus. You see, most of us, I want to be honest with you, many of us were at fair weather. It's not costing you anything. There's nothing that you are worrying yourself about. The commitment is not deep enough. It's fair weather or situational. That's where we've been. Let's be honest with ourselves. Let's be honest with ourselves. That's where we've been. We've been singing the songs of marital commitment, but we've been living the life of fair weather commitment and situational commitment like Peter and the disciples. When Jesus is telling you, you are not maritally committed, you say, me, me. You see? So let's assess ourselves and let's come out of this deception. Rather pray and say, Lord, I want to be maritally committed to you. Like I want to have a deeper level of commitment with you. Because here am I constantly, I think of leaving you, I think of cheating on you, I think of doing all kinds of things. 
A situation that I'm just here because circumstances have allowed. I mean, if Pastor Pascal was taken away now, if this person was out now, if this person was out, if the church was out, if I'm taken to another city, if I go to another town, will I continue with? Because God is everywhere. I mean, how come as soon as you are now in another city, everything has changed? What has changed? Because God is in that city. We saw last month that God is everywhere. How come as soon as, I mean, you don't even need to change the city. You just need to leave the church. Before you even reach the house, you've already changed. Can't you see you are in a situational type of commitment with him? That you are not really involved deeply. Your roots are not deep enough. The smallest wind can just blow you out now like this. No, Jesus wants you to be deeper than that. I pray for you and myself that poverty will not be such a wind that will come and blow you into compromise. That offense and hate will not be strong enough to make you renounce Jesus just because something went wrong here. That I will be committed to Jesus till the very end. Because the good part of it, the the reason why you must be mortally committed to Jesus is because only those who finish with him will receive the reward. He said, those who persevere till the end shall be saved. In the book of Revelations, whoever overcometh, I shall do this. Whoever overcometh, I shall do this. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful in little thing. When he is saying that to you, you have done, you are, you are finished. So you are committed till the end. Till the end. Don't let the devil rob you of a great destiny. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. As you are standing there, why don't you just lift your hands and first of all, just pray. I don't know, just talk to God yourself. Tell him what you want to tell him this morning. As far as this message is concerned, just, just, just assess your commitment and just talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Why don't you pray and ask God to take you to a deeper level of commitment relationship? Why don't you pray for the grace to enter a marital commitment relationship with Jesus? Marital, marital commitment where I am with you for life. I don't plan to drop. I don't plan to change. I will only become better, not bitter. I will only become a better version of a, 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 a bride. Not a worse version. I will only get better in loving you, Jesus. I will only get better in serving you, Jesus. Why don't you pray to God and say, Father, I want to be more fruitful as a proof of my level of intimacy with you. 
as a proof of my level of commitment to you. Why can I not bear fruit? I still alone like this. And I claim that I am maritally committed to you. Father, can there be a higher dimension? When somebody is dating, there are things we cannot expect to see happen. But once you are married, things must start happening. Because you are at the highest level of intimacy. Jesus visit me this morning. Jesus visit me this morning. Holy Spirit minister to me this morning. I can see that my life can get better. I can see that commitment can increase. I don't see I'm out, but I don't also believe I'm fully in. Father, help me to break out of a fair weather commitment. Fair weather commitment. Situational commitment. Non-situational commitment. And help me enter a marital relationship with you. Jesus. Jesus. Let it be so. Let it be so. Let it be so. May I go from member to shepherd. May I go from shepherd to minister shepherd. May I go from minister shepherd to pastor. May I go from pastor to reverend minister. May I go from reverend minister to bishop. May I grow in commitment. Increase, increase, increase. Until I take this thing to the, to the logical conclusion. How come 10 years I'm still just a member? Still sitting there. I am not committed. How can you be dating somebody for 10 years? When will you enter the relationship properly? When will you enter the job of marriage? When will you enter the job fully? Megazule preya katovele brara chebele mandara. Pragarabas de prekola mandara badabaraba. Oh, Father, I thank you for the spirit of commitment that is visiting ABC. That we are entering a deeper level. A deeper level. A deeper level. Father, I pray for every branch that is watching this morning. Let there be a deeper level. A deeper level. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Shadows kapre katovele mandaraba sebre gadabadaba. Magayaba sebre katoko pela mandaraba shabra gadabadaba. Take me deeper, Jesus. Take me deeper in you. Take me deeper in you, Lord. Take my roots deeper. Take my roots deeper. My roots in God. My roots in love. My roots in the things of God. My roots in the convictions. My roots in the missions. My roots in soul winning. My roots in serving God. My roots in answering the call. Take my roots deeper. Take my roots deeper. Take my roots deeper. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. This morning, if you want to give your heart to Jesus, you want to enter a commitment relationship with him. I'm not saying you haven't been attending church. I know you've been attending church, but I'm saying this morning you want to enter a commitment relationship. Like you want to commit yourself to God. Oh yes. I want to pray with you. At the count of three, please don't be ashamed. You say, I want Jesus. I want to commit to him.
I want to pray for you. At the count of three, just raise your right hand high. And I pray with you. One, two, three. Raise your right hand up. God bless you. God bless you. Now, you want to also pray and say, Pastor, I want to recommit. I'm already committed, but I want to now recommit myself to Christ. Because based on this message, I can say I'm a fair weather. I can say I've just been a situational or a non-situational. And I'm in, but I'm not fruitful. Oh, why don't you also raise your hand at the count of three so I can pray with you. One, two, three, your hand up. Yes, yes. I want to be more committed. Yes. Let's pray together from the bottom of our hearts. Dear Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. Please forgive me my sins. Wash me with your blood. I believe you died for me. On the third day you rose again that I might be forgiven. Right now, I believe my sins are forgiven. I'm justified by your blood. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I am free from the power of sin to serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for speaking to me this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for committing me back into the Great Commission into the house of God, into your heart. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Remember to subscribe to receive our latest service notifications and to share the link. You can also watch our pastor, Pastor Pascal, live on our Facebook page, Alive Bible Church HQ on our YouTube channel Alive Bible Church SA Remember, you are alive to give life